Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Stand by. The conference will now begin. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Before I turn the call over, I need to advise that certain statements made during this call today may contain forward-looking information and actual results could differ from the conclusions or projections in that forward-looking information, which include, but are not limited to, statements with respect to the estimation of mineral reserves and resources, the timing and amount of estimated future production, cost of production, capital expenditures, future metal prices, and the cost and timing of the development of new projects. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual financial results and performance being different from the estimates contained in the forward-looking statements, please refer to Yamana's press release issued yesterday announcing first quarter 2021 results, as well as the management's discussion and analysis for the same period and other regulatory filings in the Canada and the United States. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay today at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast are available on Yamana's website at yamana.com. I will now turn the call over to Mr. Daniel Racine, President and CEO. Thank you, Operator. Thank you all for joining us and welcome to our first quarter 2021 conference call. With me today is Jason LeBron, our CFO. We have also Johan Bouchard, and Eroder Fernandez available to, the, to answer questions. I will start as always with health and safety. Our total recordable injury rate was 0.42 in the first quarter of 2021. Both Minera Florida and El Pinon were the first and second underground mines in Chile to be recognized with the Seal of Quality Award, which certifies 100% compliance with COVID-19 prevention and controlled standard by the ACHS. As the pandemic stretches into the second quarter, we continue to take every precaution to keep our people and communities safe and work closely with our community partners to support them in the fight against COVID-19. As disclosed during the quarter, we have formally adopted a board-approved climate change strategy as a continuation of Yamana's commitment to low-carbon future. The strategy is underpinned by the adoption of a two-high-level target, a science-based two-degree Celsius target compared to pre-industrial levels, and an aspirational net zero by 2050. This is a fundamental year for the strategy during which we are determining greenhouse gases emission baseline and laying out the groundwork for the GHG abatement pathways required to meet our two-degree science-based target. 
Turning now to our Q1 operation, operational highlights. We had a strong production with just over 201,000 ounces of gold led by standard performances at Canadian Malar Peak and Minera Florida. It is also worth noting that in March, Jacobina achieved an all-time monthly high production of 16,348 ounces of gold. We produced 2.12 million ounces of silver during the quarter, underpinned by a strong performance by, from Moro. Geo production for the quarter was 231,988 ounces in line with plan. We are maintaining our 2021 guidance of 1 million gold equivalent ounces, included, including 632,000 ounces of gold and 10 million ounces of silver at an all-in sustaining cost between 980 and 1,020 per GU. Our cash cost guidance is also unchanged at six, between 665 and 695 per GU. As with prior years, we expect stronger production and lower costs in the second half of the year, with the fourth quarter being the highest production and lower cost quarter. Our production result translated into strong financial performance. Net earnings during the quarter were 54.7 million or six cents per shares. While adjusted net earnings were 67.2 million or seven cents per share. We generated, generated strong cash flows with cash flows from operating activities before net change in working capital coming at 183.4 million. Free cash flow before dividend and debt repayment was 676 million. Taking a closer look at operation, Jacobina produced 43,102 ounces of gold during the quarter. Mill throughput for the quarter was above plan with recoveries rate and grade as expected. I'll talk more about the phase expansion at Jacobina in a moment. Shifting to El Pinion, geo production for the quarter was 43,277 ounces, including 31,437 ounces of gold and 816,000 ounces of silver. We continue to expect the second half of 2021 to account for 60% of the gold and silver production at El Pinion, as higher grade zones come into production. Canadian Malartic had an exceptional quarter, producing 89,550 ounces of gold exceeding plan due to higher grades and recoveries from ore found deeper in the Manatic pit. Overburden removal at Barnett was completed as planned, with topographic drilling and blasting on track to be completed by the third quarter of 2021. The transition from Manatic pit to the Barnett pit continues. Minera Florida had a great first quarter, with production above plan, particularly during March. Linear development advanced well ahead of plan, and exploration results continued to demonstrate extension of identified areas of mineralization and new discoveries. Production of 35,240 GEO at Cerro Moro was in line with plan, as the mine returned to more normalized activities following COVID-19-related challenge in 2020. Strong silver production of 1.31 million ounces was attributable to the strong silver feed grades. The mine and processing plant are currently running at full capacity. 
the availability of personnel is expected to improve as we move to 2021, and the transition to underground ore will increase mining flexibility, particularly in the second half of the year, which is expected to account for higher gold production than the first half, with the ore mill returning to reserve grades. We have a number of compelling growth opportunities in our portfolio that we are that we're very excited about. One of these is, was a MAC project, which has proven and probable mineral reserve of 1.8 million ounces of gold, supported by its 2018 feasibility study. Following an in-depth review of the study, we've identified opportunities to optimize the processing plant design, incorporate increased levels of automation in the underground mine, and optimize the materials handling system to sustain a throughput of 7,000 tons per day. These opportunities support our vision of Wazamak as a low-cost operation with minimal impact on the environment and the neighboring communities, and they will be reflected in an update of the feasibility study scheduled for completion in Q3 of 2021. Canadian Arctic, as we announced with our Q4 result, will transition from an open pit mine to an underground operation from 2023 to 2028 as we develop the Odyssey Underground Project. Odyssey is an outstanding project that will extend mine life through at least 2039 with an average annual production of 545,000 ounces at a cash cost of approximately 630 per ounce. I spent a significant portion of my career working in the ABTB district on some of the provinces most successful gold project, and from asset quality to mine plan, I believe Odyssey will top them all. Odyssey will enter production in 2023 and gradually ramp up to 2028, largely offsetting the corresponding decline in open pit production, as you can see here on that slide. Odyssey is expected to produce 932,000 ounces during the 2023 to the 2028 ramp-up period, and the proceeding, the proceed that we derive from this production will significantly reduce our capital requirement. Assuming the gold price used in the financial analysis for the project of 1550 per ounce, the project capital could, could, would be cut in half. Furthermore, capital costs will be modest in any given years allowing to fully fund construction using Canadian Arctic cash on and, and free cash flow generation with no external funding required. Staying with Odyssey, you may have noticed last night that we announced new results from our exploration campaign for the project. The focus of exploration during Q1 was to provide support for an aggressive infill drilling program at East Goldie, where 10 drill rigs completed 23,400 meters of drilling. One of our drill holes generated excellent result. A new intercept located more than one kilometers from the eastern limit of the East Goldie Mineral Resources reported at the end of the year. This is a noteworthy result because it opens the possibility for significant expansion of the East Goldie zones to the east. In addition, I would note that the infill drilling continues to generate excellent results, as you can see on this slide. Results demonstrating consistent grade and width throughout the mineralized zone, 
further demonstrating the high quality of the inferred resource at East Goldie. I would also note that the companies has developed an exploration program for the Camflow property, which given this, the proximity of Camflow to the Canadian Malartic mine, is being considered for inclusion in the Canadian Malartic General Partnership Exploration Program. Camflow is a former underground mine that produced 1.65 million ounces of gold over 27 years before closing in 1992. Turning to Jacobina, Jacobina's phase expansion continues to advance and will enhance the operation's already low-cost structure, further benefiting from benefiting margins. Jacobina's all-in sustaining costs in Q1 were more than $1,000 per ounce lower than the average gold price during the quarter. With the phase two expansion, which will increase throughput to 8,500 tons per day and raise production to 230,000 ounces per year, costs are expected to decrease even further. The optimization is continuing to advance. We've identified opportunities to further optimize the result and recoveries achieved in phase one. As part of this initiative, the Falcon concentrator and cyclones were installed during the quarter, and the Nelson concentrator is scheduled to be installed in Q2, with an objective of optimizing gold recoveries at higher throughput rate. We also have adopted a comprehensive life of mine tailing management strategy that reduced surface disposition of tailing with underground tailing disposal as backfill. The company has initiated several studies to ensure long-term sustainability and reduce the environmental, environmental footprint of the operation. Test work conducted in 2020 confirmed that both pace backfill, pace backfill and hydraulic backfill are technically feasible option for disposal of tailing into the underground void, thereby minimizing the quantity of tailing stored on surface. Additionally, use of backfill is expected to improve underground stope stability and minimize the requirement to leave behind pillars and ore, resulting in increasing mining recovery and reduced dilution. As a first step, we have decided to move forward with an hydraulic backfill plan project. Capital cost is estimated at $8 million, and we are in the permitted phase right now. The conceptual study is underway to evaluate further opportunities for a dry stack tailing facility and or a pace backfill plan in parallel to the other backfill plan, which could provide opportunities in the future for additional storage of tailing to support future material reserve development. The Mara Gold Copper project is a significant asset valued at over $4 billion based on current metal price. It has attractive economics and the project is advancing. Mara, is obtained, Mara obtained all the permits for advanced exploration work from the local authorities, including program of community participation and social consultation to conduct field work for the feasibility study and con collect additional information for the environmental assessment. Work in the field has begun with baseline and environmental study activities progressing during the quarter and drilling contractor mobilization completed in March. The drilling campaign aimed to collect sample for the geotechnical and metallurgical studies is currently progressing as planned. The full feasibility study and completion of the environmental and social impact assessment 
are expected in 2022. And with that, I will now turn it over to Jason, who will go over our financial resort in more detail. Thank you, Daniel, and uh, good morning, everyone. Turning now to our financial performance. Revenue in the first quarter was $422 million compared with $365.5 million in the same period of 2020, an 18% an increase, which is attributable to both higher sales volumes as well as higher prices compared with the last quarter. Gross margins excluding DDNA rose 28% to $258.1 million from $202.1 million in the year earlier period. Earnings during the quarter were six cents per share compared with five cents a year earlier. On an adjusted basis, earnings were seven cents per share versus the same five cents unchanged from last year. Our expansionary and sustaining capital was approximately 22 million and 42 million respectively during the quarter. Expansionary capex should average between 30 million and 40 million per quarter for the balance of the year, with the highest percentage attributable to the construction at Odyssey, which is starting to ramp up. Sustaining capex will be, be between 45 million and 50 million per quarter, so a little bit higher than what you see here in Q1. For expiration, we spent about $16 million on CapEx, and $6 million was expensed during the quarter. For the rest of the year, those numbers should be a little bit higher on a quarterly basis compared with Q1. We continue to generate strong free cash flows and cash flows from operating activities, increased to $160.2 million in Q1 versus $129.4 million in the same period last year. Cash flows from operating activities before net change in working capital were $183.4 million, an 11% increase over last year. During the quarter, we generated free cash flow before dividends and debt repayments of a strong $76 million. Combined cash and cash equivalents at quarter end totaled $678.1 million. This includes about $222 million that has been made available for our MARA project. Similar to our first half, second half split on production that is weighted to the second half of the year and a declining cost profile for 2H, our operating cash flow will follow a similar trend of stronger second, second half cash flow generation. But overall, we'll be generating stronger year-over-year -year cash flows this year compared with last year. One impact I wanted to note for Q2 is that we'll make most of our final tax installment payments relating to 2020 over the course of Q2 this year. So quarterly cash taxes will be the highest for the year during Q2, which will impact our operating cash flows as we transition to our strongest cash flow generation in the second half of the year, which I just mentioned. To recap, here are some, some of the highlights from our first quarter of 2021. We completed the acquisition of the Wazamac and Camflow properties and began to advance the Wazamac development plan. We delivered impressive technical study results for the Odyssey Underground and announced that positive construction decision on the project. And we formally adopted a climate change, climate change strategy to transition to a low carbon future. Looking ahead, there are several key milestones coming up. In mid-2021, we expect to provide an update on our Jacobina Phase Two expansion plan and release our material issues report for 2020. We will be providing an update on the optimization initiatives at the Wazamak project in the third quarter. In the second half of the year, we will be providing an update on expiration results at our operations and projects. In 2022, we will complete the MARA feasibility study and EIA assessment. Lastly, a little, little further down the road, production from Odyssey is expected to begin in 2023. And with that, I will now hand the call back over to Daniel. Thank you, Jason. 
To close, I will repeat the same message as been delivered as delivered over the last several quarters, which is to acknowledge the resilience of our people, who continue to do outstanding work against the challenging backdrop of the global pandemic. They embody the tenacity and commitment to set Yamana apart, and I couldn't be prouder. And with that, we'll be happy to take your question. Operator. Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you are using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. So please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while the participants register. We thank you for your patience. Thank you. The first question is from Anita Sony from CBC World Markets. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Um, my question uh, starts off with um, the grades at El Pinon. Can we expect a sequential increase in grades over the course of the year, or will you be sort of at this um, at the level you're at? In, um, in Q2 and then more rapid uh, sort of hockey stick into the back half of the year. Well, good morning, Anita. Yeah, you're, morning. you're absolutely right. The grade will increase. And like we've mentioned a few times, you know, the second half will, it's about 60% of our production coming in the second half. So you'll see grade going up slowly in Q2 and then more importantly in Q3 and in Q4. Okay. And then um, secondly, with respect to Jacobina, I noticed you guys are talking about um, phase through and, and uh, sorry, phase one and, and continuing to maintain the current recovery rates at higher throughput. But I th it seems to me like you've already achieved that. I mean, it was 96.8 and uh, what was it, 68.2 uh, was the throughput level. So I'm just a little confused as to why you guys are a little worried that that wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be sustained. No, it will be. It's just that we, we're going to go to phase two, then the equipment will be already installed. But it's also at the same time to recover more by gravity, Anita. So we just want to, okay. the recoveries will stay the, basically the same. It's just that more gold will report to gravity instead to go to the, the leaching circuit. And then it's you're saving cyanide and, and cost by doing that. But it's also going to be used for the future phase two. So we won't need to install more equipment in that area for phase two. Okay, then moving to Canadian Malarctic. Um, so the grades are coming in at 1.18, and that is that predominantly because you're at the bottom now of the Canadian Malarctic pit, not not really necessarily that you're in the, it's the Barnat grades that are coming through. And the second thing on that was, um, and Michael loved this, the stripping. Um, it seemed like there was a little bit of, uh, um, uh, maybe the numbers are not correct, but it was 2.5 million of waste that was moved in the quarter, and I think I was expecting a little bit more compared to the, the technical report. So I'm just um, wondering if that number just wasn't reported on what you stripped. 
Okay, I'll answer the first part and I'll let Johan answer the the stripping. But on on the grade, it's both. So as we go down deeper in the main Canadian monolithic pit, the grade is getting better, as there's less mm -hmm. uh, stope that were mined from underground. But also, uh, uh, the grade in in Barnat is is getting higher as we go down to the the pit. So it, it's both at the same time. And then you see grade continue to go up uh, during the year as we we, we mine more of the Barnet. Uh, open pit maybe Johan on the okay. stripping and then the, the waste yeah for sure Daniel so in Q1 basically uh, as you I mean as you can see the number I mean for the uh, OPEX I mean it seems like we move less tons but capitalized tons we move more so overall okay. I mean this is just uh, different bins I would say and uh, but uh, in Q1 we did move more tons than uh, than our budget overall Okay, so you're just reporting the the operating waste. Yeah, exactly. So the yeah, capitalized. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, my last question was with regards to um, the Mara care and maintenance costs. Could I expect that to continue through the rest of the year and and until I guess Mara starts up? Jason or Arado. Yeah, we'll continue. Um, good morning, Anita. We'll continue through the year. And it, yes, it's, it's a, not to start up, but once the project gets into construction, um, okay. the care and maintenance get absorbed by, by the construction uh, overall cost. Okay, and that, at that similar level then, right? Yep. Okay, all right. That's all. I'll let other people ask questions. Thanks. Thank you, Anita. The next question is from Mike Parkin, National Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Great, thanks guys for taking my questions. Um, can you just give uh, Jason maybe a bit more color in terms of what you expect in uh, with regards to the heightened taxes in Q2? Anyway, you can kind of quantify it for us. Uh, yeah, sure, Mike. Um, yeah, I think we actually guided, you know, I think we guide on taxes pretty much every year. We did again this year. I think it was uh, bookends of 180 to $200 million. Probably expect that uh, towards the lower lower end is actually where we're seeing that come in. Um, I think we had 20, 20 million uh, of cash taxes paid in, in Q1, and I kind of fat pencil it at call it 40 40 percent of the rain, remainder in, in Q2 balance uh, split Q3 Q4. So I think a pretty pretty similar trend that you see at other people. Q2 tends to be the, uh, the tax season. I know I filed my taxes this week as as well. So I uh, just wanted to point that out because it'll be uh, it'll be a little bit up in the uh, in this quarter here that we have. So. Um, and then just speaking on Minera Florida, which you had a really good uh, march in, in Jacobina as well, are, should we kind of expect that carry over at those kind of rates or that's just you, you kind of had a really strong kind of finish to the quarter and we should really just kind of rely on, on the overall kind of guidance that you gave for the year to estimate Q2 or... Basically, are you you seeing great A performance that you could see potential uh, for kind of the upper end or potentially beat on those assets? Well, good morning, uh, Mike. So, yeah, we we maintain the guidance for both, but sure, both mines achieve better than planned in Q1. So, uh, they should continue to do quite well in in Q2, as everybody probably know. You know, we we waited our core our first half of 47% of our production and the second half of 53. So 
if you look at Q2, Q2 will be a better quarter than Q1, and then again in Q3 and Q4. But for both mines, uh, they delivered better than expectation, and then you can assume they will continue to do the same in the in the, the next few quarters. But uh, for now, we'll maintain the guidance, and then we'll we'll revise after Q2 if it continues to go the same way. Both at extremely impressive uh, March production. Excellent. And then one uh, kind of you're hearing ever increasing chatter around inflationary pressures, uh, especially on steel prices. Uh, but we're still not seeing really management teams talk about inflationary pressures in terms of cash costs. Can you give some color there? Are you seeing uh, any kind of pressure in terms of labor costs or your consumables uh, beyond kind of normal rates, or are cost uh, inflationary pressures? Pretty modest at this point. Pretty modest, Jason. Any caller? Yeah, I know. I think, Mikey, we, you know, for for all of our activities, are pretty much locked up for the course of, of this year. You know, similar, we put, you know, we put foreign exchange hedges in in this year. Covers off, you know, the better part of three, call it two thirds to three quarters of our, our local opex. So that gives just that certainty on a line item basis for for costs. I think procurement's the same as we stretch out to the end of this year. Then contracts start to roll over. Maybe that flips in a bit. We haven't seen it really manifest in, in numbers yet, but I think as part of our overall procurement activities uh, we've been ramping up is we're going to kind of the third and, and fourth uh, suppliers now as, as part, a part of our you know tendering processes. So we've, we've been able to continue seeing very competitive uh, pricing, but you know acknowledge what we're all seeing in terms of steel prices, copper prices, et cetera. But um, you know we're gonna, we're gonna get in front of that. Haven't seen anything yet, so not, not a concern as of yet, Mike. Super. Well, thanks, and uh, congrats on a good quarter, guys. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from Tanya Jakuskanek from Scotia Capital. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Great. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for taking my question. Um, Jason, I'm just following up on what Mike was talking about, um, inflationary pressures in, in the cost structure, and you mentioned you're not seeing anything at this point. Um, can you just remind me um, in your cost structure what percentage is labor, what percentage is fuel, and what percentage is consumables? Yeah, sure, Tanya. To start with the fuel first, you know, it's sub sub five percent across the board, and then the other two categories call it, you know, thirty thirty five percent plus or minus something like that. So thirty thirty five percent for um, labor and that sort of range for also consumables. Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And then maybe just on on a bigger theme uh, picture still, um, Daniel. Um, again, just circling back on you know higher gold price and you know with COVID impacts around the world. Are you hearing anything from the jurisdictions that you operate in with respect to changes in taxation and or royalties? Brazil, Chile, Argentina, um, and, and you know anything at all in, in where you operate. Well, there's discussion. Good morning, Tanya. First, so there's discussion in the countries, as you've probably seen in uh, in Chile, uh, in Argentina. It seems that actually it might go the other way for for us. So uh, that can be good in the the future or for the the future project we have in the in the country. In the in Brazil, it's pretty quiet. No, now too with with COVID, you know, all our operation. Uh, I'm happy. I'm touching wood here. They, they have not been really impacted by 
by COVID, but we don't really hear anything. I don't know, Jason, if you, if you want to have something, but so far we heard that Chile might do something. Uh, maybe that will impact more the, the copper, the big copper business than the gold business. But so far there's, there's no changes uh, up to now. Okay. I'll have to ask every quarter, you know. Thank yeah, yeah, sure. you so much. <laughs>